0: Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley DeMaria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It is the week of March 27th. This is season three, episode nine. We are in the fourth week of Lent, and oh my goodness, and March is almost over. We are almost one quarter of the way through 2022. Uh, I am still cleaning out my house, and I think you are probably still working too many sporting events. But we are both glad to pause for a moment to spend the next thirty minutes with you. But first, Anne, I have a question: Do you eat while you are
1: grading papers? Haley, that's such an interesting question. First, I would say my relationship to grading papers has changed because I used to grade so much with pen and paper and honestly i prefer to grade that way i like the tactile i like you know seeing the pile lesson but now because of our computer system especially since covid it's all online so my answer may have changed since it's online it's harder to have sticky fingers if you're touching the screen and typing how so I don't I don't eat when I grade papers but I do eat when I blog and I notice it's kind of a nervous eating so I'll get an idea or you're writing something out and you might get stuck and so I just will grab a snack so recently I've been eating wheat thins since I gave Mm. up sweets for lent and so it's a couple of wheat thins that's a couple more and and
0: then it's half a box yeah I know how that goes (laughs) yes
1: Yes. So I'm interested. Why are you asking? So when I was,
0: well, you know, first of all, you gave a really interesting answer because of course, when I taught 20 some years ago, we didn't have computers. And so everything was paper. I actually was grading papers, but you're right. You may be grading essays, but you're not grading actual physical papers, So that was my first thought was, or when you answered was what a different world we are in right now. So this came about because I was putting our notes together for this podcast today and I was eating a salad. And of course I am a super klutz and all of a sudden my salad flew all over my keyboard and the salad dressing. And it was just, it was a mess. And it reminded me of, I had a TA in college who... When she would hand back our papers, there was always food smudges all over them. Like every paper. It was a seminar class. There was only about 20 of us, but we would all kind of chuckle because there was always food on it. Or maybe it was a coffee, I don't know what it was, but there was always stuff on it. Coffee, I can see that. Mm -hmm. And I remember kind of chuckling to myself when I was a teacher because grading history papers and essays and short answers and, you know, DBQs, document-based questions in AP classes, it takes a long time. And you're right. I would snack and my fingers would get, you know, salty if I was eating popcorn or something. And I remember at times I would hand back papers and there would be food smudges on it. And I thought, (laughs) oh my gosh, you know, do not do not be the pot that calls the kettle black or do not be so hypocritical. And maybe you need to go back and apologize for those thoughts that you had about your TA. So it just made me laugh once again, as I was still making a mess all over my computer because I clearly eat while I am producing something. And clearly you are too, but Wheat Thins is probably a little better than cell dressing. So that's where that came from.
1: Yes, that's so funny. Yeah, well, you know, we talk about meals and the importance of meals uh, in light of, you know, our faith. It's such a central part, I think, of community and family and even like the Eucharistic table. And I've read enough about it where in theory, I realize we should never be eating at the computer. We should never be eating. I eat a lot when I drive because I'm in my car a lot and I don't like that. And I know you're not supposed to do it. And so the reality is somewhere in the middle, right? There are times where you do you are eating your salad while you're on your computer. And I I wish I I wish I didn't, but I do. And yeah, how long does it really take to break? I make a point of having lunch with my colleagues. I know a number of my colleagues who feel too busy to do that, but I've always committed to stopping and having, it's very rare that I will eat lunch at my desk. Because I think it's so important.
0: You know, good for you. I often find some of my colleagues actually leave the building, whether it, you know, even if it's just 20, 30 minutes just to run out. And because so they take that scheduled break, right? It is, we, I think, especially those of us who work in education, just by the nature of our personalities, we're so inclined to just do and do and do and give and give and give that we, we probably do have to schedule those breaks. So kudos to you for taking, taking that break. Um, so we, yeah, interesting week, important. you know, going on March Madness is going on. It's been pretty maddening. Uh yeah. I, I yeah. the bracket. <laughs> you, you feel like March Madness is madness every year. I I can't say this is it's the, the name. Right. Right, yeah. right. I can't say this is the most madness it's ever been, but I think that's why everyone loves it so much. It's you just you never know, yep. and the joy and the heartbreak. It's it's the emotions that I think get everyone. So. We've certainly been enjoying watching that in our house. And then I think I might have mentioned before, there is a, there is a manager's league for basketball managers. Um, My son's been helping out with the men's basketball team at Notre Dame. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, nice. So they, there's a manager's league and the managers play each other night, the night before the games. So for example, when Notre Dame played Kentucky, the Notre Dame basketball managers played the Kentucky basketball managers the night before the game. And there's a whole league, and if you win a certain number of games, you have to play a certain number of games to qualify, then you can be ranked, and then there's voting, and then they send the top eight teams to the final four. So, for example, this weekend in New Orleans, there will be eight teams of managers playing in the manager's bracket, and Notre Dame's team is one. You know, they they are – scheduled wow. to go to New Orleans this weekend. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. Well, Irish,
1: That's super fun. Yeah. That's super fun. I hope he plays bookstore too.
0: I, I'm hoping he just takes care of his knee, which is not doing so well, but that's a whole other story. So <laughs>
1: yes, great. Yeah. But so wow. What a great, um, I would, did they do this for the
0: women? So I don't know. I didn't even know that the men did this until this I year. I did either.
1: I mean, Yeah. I wonder how long they've been doing this. I had a student that was a manager at Duke. He spoke to the basketball team. And so I got a little insight into that world and what a great opportunity and how hard they work and how much they give. So I'm thrilled to hear this. Yeah.
0: It's, it is a lot of work. I think they really love it. You know, there are a lot of kids who the, the majority of kids, right. Can't play at that level. So to be, a part of the team is, is in that sense whether even if you're just hanging out on the sidelines and helping out with practice is is really kind of a thrill i know my son's really enjoyed it so uh so stay tuned they're heading down to new orleans i'm not sure what that looks like i'm not sure how they're getting there i'm not sure how they're paying yeah. for it yeah but right. um it, yeah. it's kind of a neat thing it's kind of a neat side story that's going on in yeah. our house right now is so
1: good. Yeah. Well, spring is a, a very busy time for sports. And so, yes, the um, the reference that you said, I was thinking of the number of sheer sports that we have in the spring season. As a swimmer, you're aware of that. Swimming and diving, boys and girls lacrosse, baseball, golf, tennis. Oh, my goodness. So we're on deck, literally and figuratively. And um, the other day I worked uh, baseball. And I know your son played baseball. One of the interesting things about baseball is you Never know how long the game's going to go, do you? I was so, going to say, I'm so sorry. Hour and a half. And then JV went two and a half hours. So it ended very late. It was 9 p.m. when the game finally ended. And I was pretty beat because I was out. In, uh, fortunately, one of the things I do love about where I work is we have incredible weather. So in all fairness, it was a beautiful night. And when you were talking about, you know, that we're in spring and end of March, I thought, I've seen temperatures in other parts of the country and this night was gorgeous. And the days are longer, aren't they? So it was, it was a nice night, but I left and I was really hungry. Got to, I said, you know, I'm going to have some Chick-fil-A. And I got there at about 9.30, uh, was too trusting of technology, got waylaid, tried to order for my mobile app. I pull into Chick-fil-A. There's like, like so many people in the drive through line and I'm thinking who are these people? And one of my students was like, Mr. Ruggers, you were one of them. And I said, no, no, I know. It's just, yeah. it is funny um, how many people are trying to get food late at night, but I've also heard my mom was telling me there was an article in the wall street journal about just how few places now are open later. And mm. a lot of people do get off of work late and they, they are hungry. So that might explain some of these lines, in fast food restaurants. At any rate, I went inside because I like to break it up because I have a pretty long commute home and I'm waiting for a chicken sandwich, that's it. I'm waiting, there's one other group of people in there. I don't really look at them, but I don't really have anything to look at because I've been looking at my phone for the last four hours at this baseball game if I'm not watching in between innings. I look at them again and then I look, I don't know, look nowhere. And then I realize this guy's wearing a Ducks baseball hat and he looks really familiar. And then I look at the crew, it was Casey Martin, the head coach of University of Oregon golf team. He was there with his team. I have, he was one of my first interviews for sports and spirituality. He's kind of one of my spiritual heroes. And I went over just to talk to him, say hello. And I thought, you know, there's not a coach in America that at some point in time hasn't been with their team at In-N-Out Burger or Chick-fil-A late at night or on the way home. They flew in, they were playing at a tournament at Stanford. And it was like the universe threw me a bone. I just, it was like a shot in the arm, just a little pump. You know, that meant a lot to me because I just think so highly of him. Casey Martin um, was a teammate of Tiger Woods. He tried, he played professionally. Um, he has, he his leg was amputated in October. So he, um, he had a disease in his right leg. He always knew he would lose it. And at the age of 50, he finally did. The good news is there's prosthetics now that are so far advanced. He looks great, Um, seemed in good spirits. So really just kind of cool after a long day, just to have that kind of bone, as they say, you know, our paths crossed, you know, so it's those things like that make it kind of special. So, So, you
0: know, and that brings up such an interesting point that is really common, I think, with young people today, but clearly you do it, I do it, no doubt is sometimes we just have to look up from our phones and and see what's out there, right? Had you stayed Isn't on your true? phone, it would yeah. which which a lot of us would have done, right? You're by yourself, you're waiting, you're waiting in line for your food. Of course, we're just going to look at our phone, but you took the time to look up and you know what a what a great gift you you got, right? Yeah. And yeah. and I think that's boy, that is such a great reminder for all of us. It, it just sometimes you just need to put down the phone. I it's-
1: so true.
0: I try to really, you know, even my husband's probably the worst, of, you know, offender. And sometimes when you're just in the car, I, I'll say, just put your phone down. Just kind of watch the world go by. It's, mm-hmm. we miss mm-hmm. so much when we are looking at our phones. So there you go. That was your reward for, for putting yeah. that phone down.
1: And, and isn't he, it ironic that you think you're you're going to miss something? That's why you're looking at your phone. You're afraid of missing something here when in fact other things are unfolding so
0: right yeah yes. that's so true you're scrolling through social media you're catching up yeah. on news you feel like you're going to miss out on something that was posted that you didn't yeah. see
1: right so, so maybe that could be part of your message haley um it looks, sounds like you will be traveling again and i don't know if your message changes over time but tell us about what's on top you know
0: it's interesting this this past week i just i had three different talks scheduled and it it's oh it's great. Uh, you know, some of them were kind of in the works. Some, you know, I can just confirm them. So I knew they were happening. I booked all the plane tickets for them. So they're, they're for real. And then one was a local one that just came up in a couple of weeks, but it's, it's exciting. I'm glad to get back to sharing my story in person. I, you know, I did it over zoom some during quarantine and then have done a handful of in-person talks here and there. But, you know, right now I have five scheduled over the next three months, possibly six. Which is great. Uh, Of course, I'm working now, uh, which I was not, you know, in the school at St. Anne's, which I was not doing before we went into quarantine. So there is some navigating of that that I'll have to work through. But I just I've missed it, and so I'm really glad mm. to get back to it. Uh, I'll look forward to that. So I'll share more of that. I'll share more of them as yeah. as time comes. But you know, I was I was kind of chuckling when you were talking about being at two baseball games. Which oh my goodness, that's the only thing worse than one baseball game is a doubleheader. <laughs> and that the weather was beautiful. Give, give me an impression. Right, because I was at a rugby game this week, and it was pouring rain. Oh, And it was cold. I, the only thing I like less than being cold is being wet and cold, but rugby is not a long season here in Maryland. My son only has, I think, you know, six or seven games. He's never played before. I don't want to miss any of them. So I put my raincoat on and stood outside and tried to stand under something, but I I was watching him play and you could see in the lights the sheets of water coming down and I thought what is better for a teenage boy than playing yes. rugby with your friends in the rain yep. and that is so true and then I decided after kind of chuckling to myself and and sharing this with another mom the only thing better would have been had they not been on a turf field had it actually been in the oh. mud
1: Yes, bring it. Right. Yep. Which
0: which they normally yep. do play this school just happened to have a turf field. So it's again sports bring a lot of different yes. joys yeah. and heartbreaks, but I think, you know, that afternoon I was freezing. I was wet. He was soaking wet. And I went yep. over to him after the game and I said, "Oh my gosh, are you so cold?" And he's like, he he looked at me like I was crazy. No, mom, crazy. I'm great. Yeah. I want to go eat with my friends." Yeah. I said, "Great. Perfect."
1: Thank you. It's so interesting what we appreciate. Um, I like that you just could see that that would be something that, you know, we that they would enjoy. That's so true. So is, true. It, the elements, they change the dynamic. And as somebody who was at a track meet the Saturday, so the Tuesday was the baseball Saturday. I was at the track meet. We host an invitational all day and we had three hours of rain. And the only reason I was okay with it is because I had the gear for it. Right. I had the big umbrella. I had, you know, pants for golf. I had the right jacket, enough layers, and you know what? Track the kids. They didn't mind. They were gonna run their race in the rain, and uh, their coaches. You know, everybody had it figured out. Again, good gear makes a huge difference. So. Yep.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate good gear. No yeah. doubt. So our spiritual stew this week, I was listening to the gospel today, and I, I try to make myself really listen to the words every week. Of course, many of these gospels, most of them, all of them, actually, we've heard before in particular today. I think most people know the story of the prodigal son, and it's it's a cultural reference. People will talk about the prodigal it son a, yes. in a mainstream way. Uh, it's, it it's, is. It's been Mm -hmm. referenced even in our home the last couple of weeks in different ways. Now, of course, you know, we're all Catholic. My boys went to Catholic school. I think my husband is the least knowledgeable of any of us. And even he knows the story, of course. Yeah. But there's something about it that I, I think about it in different ways as I navigate through life or even navigate through parenthood and a child who needs more attention at times than others or maybe a a child that's more difficult to parent at times than others. And there really is something about a redemption story or Mm -hmm. someone who changes their ways that really endears us to them. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's what I, I, I think there's many ways to look at this story. That was just kind of how I heard it today. Yeah. You know, we yeah. love those who struggle. We re we're rooting for them. It's why we were for the underdog during March madness. But mm-hmm. I think, I think it's also, I, I think one of the main messages I, I believe of this gospel is we are all flawed. We, we all, yeah. We we are all flawed, and, and those of us even with our flaws, we are all still worthy of love. So I appreciate that very simple message that you don't have to be the perfect son, the perfect child, the perfect child of God, to be loved. That we can stray and come back and and still be worthy of that love. So I I appreciate that message, but I also th- yeah. I also think there is something about the prodigal son who returns in all of us and. So we Mm -hmm. cheer for that because we know it is us. Mm -hmm. So again, simple story, but a whole
1: lot there. Right. Well, I appreciate you were saying you really tried to listen to the words because you're right. When we we know a story, it's so easy to tune out. Mm -hmm. And it's funny what like what we catch like today i heard about the robe and the shoes and the ring that the father gave and i don't know why but i had never Mm. i I looked i said whose gospel is this It's luke's okay is that the one that we always hear like wondering is this a different rendition or i don't know the answer to that i'm sure is it i mean it must be is it in it's another gospel of the synoptics is it only in luke you know would be a question yeah so I heard that. And then for the, you know, my pastor to preach on it, he said the shoes indicate that it's a family member, that it's not a servant, that the ring is the family crest, right? Carries the name. And he talked about the person who is powerful or the one in charge runs to the the, the subordinate, like the father runs to the son and I thought that must be fun to even teach about it too. Be- I mean, to preach about it because even the preacher can speak of different perspectives. There's just so much there, isn't there in the story? You know, who are we? Are we, you know, I, what, like I like how you said, you know, there's times when we're that son and then there's times when we're the other son. And then there's the mother in Rembrandt's painting. There's a shadow of the mother in the background. And yeah, what's what's the story like from her perspective? right it is it's a really wonderful passage to pray with and meditate with
0: so it's interesting you said that you picked up on the rings the one thing i the first thing i heard which is not surprising because it was the first thing that in the gospel is that the amount of time that is spent written about the tax collectors i feel like this is the third <laughs> gospel in a row about tax collectors they really must have been the heathens of the time or the, yes. the it's 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 clearly almost a derogatory term to become a tax collector.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Well, who wants, you know, who really likes the tax man, right? Yes, but, yes.
0: I guess so. But, you know, it's also I interesting. Know. I feel like it's so, you know, we're hearing about it right now. Of course, this is tax season. Taxes exactly. are Exactly That's why I was
1: like, yes. <laughs> I
0: don't know if that's done intentionally. But anyway, it was interesting. That was the right. first that thing. That be funny. Yeah, first, yeah, first yeah. thing that jumped out at me was um, the, the tax the tax yeah. collectors. And I did do a quick search um, while you were sharing, you know, when you asked, is it Justin Luke's gospel? And it is Justin Luke's gospel. He okay. is the only Interesting. one. Yeah. yeah. He is the only yeah. one who writes about the prodigal son. For such an
1: incredible story. Yeah. And I would tell our listeners, just check out the Rembrandt painting. It has actually, I believe there's only one shoe, which may speak to the waywardness of the sun. And I guess today I hadn't heard before, like, he asked for his inheritance early so that which he will inherit right upon his father's death he's the my the priest said you know he might be dissatisfied that his father has lived this long so um yeah i love that The, the rembrandt painting the son is kneeling in front of the father it's really a beautiful image and there's a lot there in the image Um, My piece of The Spiritual Stew is a story, an example of music. So John Angotti is a Catholic musician, singer-songwriter. So there's a lot of Christian music, per se. I think that's pretty popular, mainstream on the radio. Not as common among Catholics, right? And John Angotti is from West Virginia. He has written a couple songs that might resonate with maybe our listeners, One is uh, I Send You Out, and the song is I Send You Out on a Mission of Love. It's just such a catchy, great song. And at St. Francis, at the end of all of our liturgies, we play that song. Another one is Rise Up, My People. So I think he just has um, a great message, and he has a pure, beautiful voice. So he came to school this week, and he did kind of like a storyteller session where What he will do is he will talk about faith and kind of things that he's praying with and then how it inspired a certain song and then he'll go right into the songs. So sort of like Billy Joel has done that or Bruce Springsteen, but John and Gotti does this. And we were in the chapel and it was just awesome to see how young people just, I mean, all of us, our our hearts were just stirred by the message and hearing it set to music is such a gift. So two songs, maybe for people's takeaway, I send you out. And the other one is again, rise up my people and the singer is John and So very grateful for his ministry. And then afterwards I just had a chance to talk to him and I said, you know, who are you listening to? Cause he lives in Nashville. What kind of music do you like? And he started telling me a couple of examples and I, I told him about Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish, how much I love his music, his voice. And I said, but John, your voice is more pure. And he said, well, the song Hold My Hand, the intro line with a little love and some tenderness, which is totally our era at Notre Dame Haley. right, is what inspired the song I send you out on a mission of love. So if you hear Mm -hmm. Hootie, and then you listen to John, you see the relationship. And it's, I love how one thing inspires another. So uh, that was like, another bone that the universe threw me just to hear and realize that connection was super special
0: absolutely i'm going to need to make sure that i listen to that
1: yes john and Gotti,
0: and and what a gift i there's there is something about music that just stirs emotions uh it's one of my favorite parts of the mass i know well i should i should I should qualify that there are times when I really appreciate when there is no music at mass because it makes mass go faster, which is (laughs) is probably a terrible thing to admit, but there are just some times where I just want to hear the word, receive communion and be done. And I don't want them to sing five verses of every song. And perhaps that's wrong. Perhaps I should confess that at some point I'm confessing it right now to you, but there are times when I appreciate no music. However, when we do sing, there is something that is stirring inside of me that really allows me mm-hmm. to connect with the mass in a much more emotional and meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And it's it, what a gift when people share that music with others. Mm-hmm. I don't have that musical talent, so I really appreciate it when other I people don't
1: but I sure appreciate it and other people.
0: Absolutely. So So my takeaway this week is to continue on our Lenten theme of change, C-H-A-N-G-E. We are in the fourth week of of Lent. So we are on the letter N, which stands for navigate, which I think is interesting uh, to focus on navigating. Are we navigating our faith? Are we navigating, Mm -hmm. for me, the logistics of this week? I'm looking at, uh, my, you know, perhaps flying to South Bend, my son might be having surgery. We are mm. traveling next weekend to Cincinnati for an admitted students weekend, trying to figure out how to be in both places at once. I'm trying to, as I mentioned earlier, schedule these talks that I feel so called to share. I, it's such an important part of my own ministry and, you know, who I am and I am very, very grateful for where I work. St. Anne's, uh, they have always said to me, Go, we know this is who you are. We want you to continue doing this. So I it's it's not that I feel pressure from anywhere it where I work to not mm-hmm. be gone. However, just knowing me and how I am, it's I am yeah. I am torn. I don't like not doing something a hundred percent. So I will be navigating that. What does it look like to miss yeah. a few days here and there? People miss days of work yeah. all the time, but yeah. um, thankfully I can do a lot of my work from afar. So I am—we're navigating a lot here. It's all—it's all good. Yeah. We're getting ready to paint our house, neutral colors, because you apparently that's what you have to do when you sell a house. So we're—we're we're purging a little bit. Um, so there's a lot going mm. on in the house, out of the house, and certainly grateful for all of it. Um, but navigating a lot. So, how about you,
1: Ann? Well, no. I, I thinking about that word. I think of how many people really. I think they've. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think a lot of us are always navigating different things, especially parents who are working, managing, and your children aren't young anymore. And it doesn't mean that you're you're navigating things in a new way. So, I can't help but think of inviting a saint into prayer, because when we're navigating or juggling, as, you know, another word people might say, navigating different schedules, agendas, whatnot, you know, it might help to invite somebody into that process of praying, like, and I'm thinking of, like, who's the, who's the patron saint of sailors, because, or, you know, Mary Star of the Sea, guide me, because, I think some of the the biggest trouble I get into either in my personal life or professionally, and they're they're really kind of so connected, is when I'm navigating too many things and we lose sight of direction and whatnot. So I think that's a great thing to focus on um, this week. So the patron
0: saint of boatmen, mariners, sailors, travels, whales, and navigators is St. Brendan the Navigator.
1: Ah, okay. So there we go.
0: We can another Irish Irish saint, another Irish saint for us. We can keep Saint Brendan the Navigator in our prayers this week, as we are all just navigating a lot. And I know you do too. Whether it's sporting events, whether it's grading while you are not eating, whether it's just (laughs) being a good friend and a good daughter, eating, yeah, yeah, and a good person. Right? It's it's a lot to navigate. So. We will pray for all of our listeners as they navigate through this week. And we look forward to connecting next week as well.
1: Amen to that. So listen to Rise Up My People or I send you out. It will definitely stir your soul. And I heard Matthew Kelly said one of his generosity habits this week was to write a review of your favorite book, song, or something or just basically thank the creator for what they've done. Because when you write something, that is your life's work. I mean, it's part of you, right? If you're giving a talk, a book, whatever it is. So just to affirm that, I thought that's such a great piece of advice. Uh, Maybe because I understand what that means, you know, and so many people do create so many things, so... This week, if there's something that you that stirs your soul or has made you great, right, kind of increased your joy or happiness, thank that person, write a review, whatever it may be.
0: That sounds great,
1: and I'll be sure to do that as well. Great. Right. Have, have Have a, a good, good week. week.